On today's episode, I bring on Mike Leonard. He is a great friend of mine, and we have a phenomenal conversation talking about gratitude. He, he talks about his story as how he quit a successful, he had a six-figure salary, nine-to-five job, quit that to pursue a writing career. He's truly phenomenal, phenomenal person, and we go into how he was able to discover that passion and his story of getting stuck and the transformation that he was able to make. Just truly a great lesson. We talk about book recommendations, so many awesome things. You are going to love this episode. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. All right. I am so excited. I have a great friend that we have just been meaning to get this uh, ball rolling um, and talking. We met, I guess it was October um, now, and, and we'll get more into that. Real quick, before we kind of get started and get to your story and everything, who are you and what do you do? Well, thanks again for having me on, man. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Happy to have you. Yeah. So my name's uh, Michael Leonard. I'm the creator of Inspire Your Success. And uh, that is a brand all about helping people launch their own freelance writing businesses. And I've been a writer now for about two and a half years for my full-time gig. And then I started a blog about four years ago. So I've been in the writing space for uh, four years total and uh, really went all in on freelance writing in uh, January of like 2018, kind of end of 2017. Uh, but before that, I uh, quit my job and, and I'm sure we'll get into all that. But yeah, so I've been doing that. And again, uh, yeah, Inspire Your Success is my brand. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Um, before we get into your story, because I definitely want to dive into that, I wanted to talk about kind of how you and I met and how kind of funny, I guess. It definitely is when, because we were at an event you know, and, you know, you're trying to meet people, you're trying to think, <laughs> maybe it'd be better if you tell the story. I think it's, in, and, I'll, and I'll chime in. I feel like that's a, a good Yeah, no, it, it's pretty funny because uh, for this event, uh, this was Business by Design Live, James Wedmore's event, and we both had joined the program, what, two months or so in advance. And I just got a really good feeling about the event and the group, and I just was so excited to go. I, I got there a day early. Like, I wanted to really give myself the full thing. And uh, for some reason, sometimes, uh, like, I even kind of get, like, introverted a little bit uh, with events, which is weird because I normally can talk to anyone about anything. Um, and we were actually just up the, I think we got there at like, I don't know, noon or something. And I was in the elevator and I looked over at you and you looked over <laughs> at me. It was like, DVD? Yeah. And then, you know, just like instantly uh, became buddies, you know, it just looked like uh, we, we were similar individuals. Added you on Facebook and uh, started watching a couple of your videos. I was like, this guy's awesome. I think we'll have a lot in common. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of funny how, how it works because you, you go to events and you get to meet great people. That was exactly it. It's so funny. Yeah, you looked at my stuff and then I was like, oh, look at this. You know, I looked at your stuff and I saw like on your Facebook banner was like all about habits. And I'm like, yes, I think we just became best friends. This is great. He's all about this. And like from that moment on, I was like, I'm getting him on this show. And now you're here. And throughout the whole event, I felt that we kind of nailed it in regards to 
we would talk to each other, we would hang out, but we were both pretty good about like not being like buddy, buddy and stuck by each other because, you know, it's important at the events to get out and just talk to more people and see different people. But then we would like come back and be like, Hey, what's up? You know? And then, all right, bye. Let's go talk to more people. And I think totally. that's such an awesome aspect. And I love that you had like the habits thing. And I, I want to get into that. Um, a little bit because that's always what I love to to dive in and with a lot of my guests previously we talk about habits and it's very interesting to hear the repetition of people saying the same thing and I think it's the most powerful thing because if you're a regular listener to the show then you're like uh there must be something to this all of these people are doing the same thing like I think maybe I should start doing these things and that's exactly it so before we dive into your story let's talk a little bit about that um what are some of your like favorite um like habits or, or morning routines that you, you you do on a consistent basis yeah i think uh really for me i just try and set myself up for success um for a while i mean i didn't know about any of this you know personal development stuff uh it was pretty funny so when i started entrepreneurship i literally just quit my job one day and then it was just like an entrepreneur the next day and i i had to just figure it out and the first six months i struggled a lot and we'll talk about all the reasons why but one of them was I had zero routine. I didn't know anything about habits. And I remember it was about two, three months into it. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't even understand. And I picked up uh, a book uh, called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And that book to me was really one of the first books I ever really read that like it, that to me was like the, the Bible of personal development. I mean, it had so many lessons and things I'd never heard about. Like, you know, morning routines and the law of attraction and manifestation, all this stuff and goal setting. And, and it was at that point, I'm like, well, this guy sold like 500 million copies of all of his books. And he's obviously very successful. And then I just kind of started following a lot of other entrepreneurs and it seemed like everybody was talking about morning routines, morning routines, morning routines. And uh, yeah, I actually just like went all in. And um, for me, I, I guess that was kind of like the start of it is I, I needed some structure to my day. And, uh, you know, it changes over time. So I won't say I always do X, Y, Z, because I think there's a big difference between morning routines and morning rituals and mm. any, no one likes routines, right? Your, your mind just kind of gets, that's like when you go to a job, you hate, you're in a routine, your brain just shuts off. You just go through autopilot. And I found myself doing that as well. So I think my morning rituals are always evolving. Uh, but a few things that I did like today, uh, for example, was a good day. So I actually just like did some gratitude exercises, just kind of look back over the last year, how much I've done and just tried to really feel that and be proud of that. Um, yesterday I did uh, some meditation. I uh, went through like a meditation uh, workshop before. And so I, you know, did 10 minutes of that. And then I did a, a self hypnosis track that I listened to. So, you know, I'm always mixing it up, but I mean, some of the core principles are basically meditation, mindfulness, uh, self hypnosis, journaling, you know, reviewing my goals just things that are not like scrolling on social media and checking my email. I just try and spend at least 15, 30, you know, sometimes an hour just depends on what the, what the day has in store. But I think for me, it's really just mixing it up because I think your brain is, is always looking to get comfortable. So you have to keep adjusting it. I love that. I love even just the way that you're just changing the terminology. And I feel that that can be so powerful and just changing it from being a morning routine to being a morning ritual. I like, I even like that. That does sound better. I think I may start, start using that, I may steal that. 
Um, and I love that you're talking about gratitude because to me, that's like, that's definitely the biggest one. That's the one that I always hit on the most. I've talked about it so many times. It's like the most powerful thing. It's a lot harder to have a bad day. I mean, you're like thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. And you mentioned, uh, cause I, I do want to get into it, you know, with everything that I'm seeing that you're doing like online, you know, you're like the quit the nine to five guy, you know, that's, that's like your brand. And I think that's so awesome because there are a lot of people out there, um, you know, that are stuck in a job that they don't like, they're, they're miserable and they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And maybe they don't know that there's other options out there, don't know where to go. So what was that like for you? What were, what were you going through when you were still in that full-time job? How did that transition kind of happen? Yeah, no, good question. One quick note on gratitude, because uh, I know you talk about it and, and I think a lot of people do, but one thing that really hit me this year when I learned about it is you, you hear a lot of times, you know, all these people that are like, you should, you know, imagine being rich, imagine being the life or being the fitness levels, whatever you want, imagine all that. And a lot of people are saying, you know, I, I hear it a lot. And I felt it when I first got started, like, I don't know how to feel rich if I don't have that much money. I don't know how to feel it. Right. And so one of my coaches, Jim Fortin, he always says, you know, practice gratitude because gratitude will make you just in the most abundant, prosperous feeling. And then from there, it will be easier to attract those things in your life. So even if you don't have any money and you're trying to say, you know, it's, it's one thing to look in your bank account and see not much money and be like, Oh, I don't have any, like, you know, that's a, that's a thing that's a disempowering feeling that you do. So instead just focus on gratitude and those little things. And like you briefly mentioned there, it's, it, you can't be mad or angry or upset if you're grateful. So just stay in that grateful state constantly with the littlest things to the biggest things. And over time that will really compound. So that's, I think the biggest thing that you should include in your rituals and you can do that a hundred different ways. Right. So that's, that's one thing I just wanted to add in there. Absolutely. So before we get into your story, because I love that you just went off a little bit, and I don't want to stop that ball rolling. So you said that you can do your gratitude in a different way. What are some different ways that you practice your gratitude? Yeah, just like I was saying with the routine, you can get in that same thing. So you know, a lot of people like gratitude journals. Well, you might run out of stuff after a little while or feel like you do, right? And so then you're just like writing the same thing, like my dog, my relationship, my house, like over and over. And I felt that as well. So instead, I will look back at pictures from, you know, my things I've been able to do, of vacations I've taken, treats of, you know, giving my family and friends, just like little things like that. I'll think about just like, I'll just sit there and literally make myself think of past events in the last day, week, month. So you can think about them, you can write them down, you can look at old images, you can just look around you at all the stuff you've created, your house, the bookshelf with all the books, the MacBook, whatever it is, and just like, make it a point. And then you can also, if you really want to get like granular, you can just put uh, I'm grateful for water. Put a little post-it note on every faucet in your house because we're so we should be grateful for that because there's people all around the world that literally don't have access to clean water. So you could just program your mind to be grateful all the time by just every time you hit the water or turn on the shower. I literally did this for a while. I had these notes just all over the place because we get so overwhelmed and we have all these goals and busy and social media that we forget that we have a lot of great things happening. And if you're in the US or even you're even listening to this, you're on a device that has it, right? So just be grateful for the little things because then when the big things come, it's going to make it a hundred times better. That is amazing. I love that. Having the notes on the water, that is so fantastic. And I think that's the big thing because um, I definitely understand what you're saying with the repetition that can come with certain things. And people are like, and people ask me that, well, do you write the same thing every time? And it's like, well, 
yes and no, because it's important to one, be appreciative to those same things continuously, but also taking the time to think about other things. Like I often, all I write often, um, I'm grateful for like a nice hot cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And at that time I'm drinking it. It's such a, a nice moment for me that I love sitting down, writing my goals and affirmations and gratitude. And it's nice to just have that, that cup of coffee and, you know, a roof over your head, you mm-hmm. know, like the ability to see, you know, and here to be healthy. You know, there's so many things to be grateful for aside from, you know, necessarily things that we don't always think of. Like, you know, a lot of times people are money or like car people. And, you know, for me, people is a big one, like family and relationships. But I think just the little things of having two legs and two arms and 10 fingers, you know, and 10 toes is like little things that we kind of take for granted every day. Absolutely. Yeah. The little things just compound. And if you just focus on that all the time, you'll, you'll realize you have a lot more to be grateful for, even if you're not where you want to be yet. Exactly. And it's okay to not like be where you want to be, but also being grateful for where you are and taking time to reflect on where you've been and where you've come from. Now, in regards to that aspect, because I'd be curious in regards to your rituals, um, do you have any type of reflection of like maybe something towards the end of the day that goes into your, you know, what you're doing? So I used to do like a, a pretty lengthy evening routine and honestly just got to be like too much. And I was like, it, was, it wasn't, it was felt heavy and it felt like I wasn't really helping the fact that I was like, oh, everybody tells me to do it. So I think it just depends on how you end your days and like what you do um, to like, what can you do to make you feel better? And like, just to set yourself up the next day. So for me, I don't really necessarily do it at the end of the day as much anymore, but I really do like a weekly recap, monthly recap. And then like for this year, Uh, As I just posted in one of the groups there, I just did like a hundred things that I am like grateful that I accomplished in the last year. And so that's a big one. I think that, you know, the end of the year is always a good time to do that. And I mean, anytime, but it's like, if you can really look back and then once you get on a roll, it it seems to just keep going. Yeah, that's exactly it. And getting the roll going and, and, you know, momentum being the snowball effect of, of really keeping it going. And, you know, we talked about how the event cut, you know, got you going, but like you mentioned earlier in your story where things didn't, you know, get going right away. Uh, and I know we just, uh, you know, went on a little tangent about gratitude and I love, love talking about gratitude. So I didn't want to pass that up. Um, so tell me back now a little bit more about, you know, that origin story, you know, where you started and, and the struggles. I want to hear, I'd love to hear the struggles that you kind of had, you know, how you overcame that and how you're, you've been able to get to where you are today. I mean, how much time do you have, right? <laughs> no, uh, so it, for me, it, it was just kind of funny. Like, I, I felt like I was doing all the things society told me to do that I was raised to do. And I, you know, got out of college. I was an A-B student. I mean, I didn't, you know, learn or remember anything, but I was good in school, got a job. It was uh, a, a really, it was like a customer service job. I did that for like six months. I was awful. I was fielding like 60 angry people a day. It was terrible. Ended up getting a cool job though at a, at a startup. Worked there for six and a half years. Really climbed the ladder. Like uh, I got to the highest sales position and I didn't have any sales background or anything. So I got to the point where I was quote unquote successful, right? Like this is what you want. I had bought the house. I was you know, 27 years old. I had a BMW. I was 
you know, making a hundred thousand and a really a pretty easy job for me. It just came pretty natural. And I was working with a place where there's ping pong tables and kegs in the office. You know, it was like the coolest place you could be. Um, but it actually hit me when I bought this house that I, I thought that I would be happy. And I was looking around and I was by myself and I just, you know, spent however, like 20, 30 K on the down payment. And I'm looking around and I'm like, man, I thought this would make me feel good. And I was at that point where I realized that it wasn't about buying things. It was about what I was doing with my day. And I was just, you know, basically going through the motions and just drinking myself on the weekends and back to dreading it on Monday. And, you know, it's not to say I wasn't grateful for it and that I had done that myself, but I just felt like there was more to life out there than going to a job that you hate. And I just, I didn't know that other things existed, but I knew that I couldn't do this forever. I mean, when you're Googling how to retire early and you're 26, like there's probably an issue there, right? And so it, it helped though, because that set me off on personal finance. And I learned a lot about that. I ended up writing a book about it and helping millennials with finances. And, and I got this start because I was like, there has got to be more to life than this, right? And so for me, I saved up a bunch of money. Um, but even before that, I had like, I, I wanted to like figure out this online stuff, right? Like I was like so intrigued. And I would sit there, you know, it was a 40 hour a week job, but I would probably work 10 to 15 hours. I mean, I was there 40, but I would work about 10 to 15. And I remember just just scrolling the ends of the internet and I would read these stories about these people making money from their blogs or making money on online. And I was just like, how does this work? Like this sounds so cool to me. Like they're impacting others. They don't have to go to a job that they don't like and they're making money literally from their laptop. And that just intrigued me. And when I get going on something, you know, I really research it and it's like, keep going. And it was at that time where I really just was like, I'm going to try this blog thing. You know, I, I have a message. And like I said, I was helping people with personal finances. Um, I mean, anybody I talked to, I'd be at a bar and I'd be like, Hey, what's your Roth IRA look like? Do you have low investment index funds? Like I just would geek out on this stuff and I'm a, I'm a natural promoter. I love talking and, and educating, helping people because again, school didn't teach us this stuff. And so that was like my first foray. People were like, well, you should become a financial advisor. And I was like, that's not going to solve anything. I have to dress up then and then go sit and no, that's not going to work. So they're like, well, someone said you should start a blog. So I was like, okay, I'll try this blog thing. And so that was January of 2016. The first resolution that I ever actually really stuck with. And uh, yeah, the first year I probably published 10 times, but I did have one post go like semi viral. And so I got that like massive hit of dopamine. I remember I was literally like on the way to the dentist office. And for some reason, I still remember this. And I look over and I had like 3,000 people on my blog. And my blog was ugly. It was awful. But I was so excited. I remember like I think a happy tear came down. Because I was like, this thing could work. Even though no one knows what I'm talking about. Everyone thinks I'm, you know, selling snake oil on the internet. They don't understand it. And it was really for me that that was like one of the first moments. And then uh, it got to the point later in that year and the end of 2016, where I was like, look, this is just, I can't do this. Like I'm going to just, you know, burn the ships kind of thing. And so that whole year and uh, early 2017, I just saved and saved and saved commissions, saved bonuses, cash stock options, like didn't spend money. And I just stocked up and I was like, I'm going to quit my job in March. And then I got a promotion. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, like the golden handcuffs. Right. And so for me, I just, just like, okay, I'll give it three more months. Maybe this new job, the highest you know, title job you can have here. Maybe that'll do it. 
and same thing, right? And I ended up padding that fund a little bit. And uh, May 11th of 2017, I I left a uh, very successful six-figure sales career. And uh, my goal was to make money online with my blog, help people, and uh, to pursue professional golf. And uh, the funny thing is, is that when I quit, I had made $200 ever. So it was, uh, it was a little bit of a bold strategy. Hey, I mean, that's, that's still awesome. I mean, you know, you had some, some time saved up. And I think there's a level of just believing in yourself and you wouldn't have done it if you didn't know, like, I can do this, you know, like mm -hmm. having the confidence that you can figure things out, even though you only made $200 online. There is which one was, which was the most like rewarding money I've ever made. I remember, I remember the first dollar Google like had credited on my account. I was like, Oh my God, I made money online. Like, this isn't fake. This really works. So Exactly. It like confirms that reality that it's possible and that it can be done. You know, I, you know, I remember getting my first course sales and I was like, all right, I can do this. Like I did this. And you know, a similar thing happened I want to comment on because I've been wanting to talk about this. Um, you mentioned a happy tear. And I personally have found that that has happened to me a bunch of times this year when I don't think it had like ever really happened prior to this, yeah. this past year. And to be able to like literally cry of happiness is like a feeling that you know, you can't even describe that you just never thought would be possible. And, you know, to promote, I guess, the, the you know, giving up the nine to five, because that's exactly what happened. And, and why the, ha the, like that happiness came for me was because I finally felt that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Did you have a, a similar kind of feeling in that regard? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, and I still have it, you know, I'll still get messages from people and emails and, you know, jump on the phone with people and my students and coaching students. And like, just, I still have that all the time. And I think that's when uh, the universe or whoever you believe in is telling you that you're aligned and doing what you're supposed to do because, you know, going to a job that you hate statistically eight out of 10 people do not like or hate their jobs. And so you're spending 40 to 60 hours plus commute every day or every week, excuse me, working at something that makes you miserable. And I really feel like you were put on this earth not to do that. I feel like you were put on this earth to help others. And everyone has unique gifts. No two people are the same. But it's up to you to discover those and then share them with others. And, you know, we just have so many people that are just doing it for the money. And that's, that's what I did as well, because that's what we're taught at a very young age. We're indoctrinated. We're programmed to believe this is it. You go, you climb the ladder, you work, you buy the house, you get the white fence, you get a couple weeks off a year, and then you get back to work, right? And it's just gotten worse and worse. And, you know, we see it so many times, especially with our age and, and more your age, I guess, since I'm a couple years older. But you see these uh, studies of these millennials that are depressed and they're anxious and they're just overworked and they just feel so unfulfilled. And it's because they're living out of alignment, I think. And it's because we're, we're doing what society told us to do, but we're not what it was in the 1920s, 1950s, or even 10 years ago, right? We're in a different time, but that education system and our old beliefs and old habits, all these things that we learned in the past really hold us back. So for me, you know, when I, when I have those moments, like right now I'm having this moment, like just to be able to talk to you, you know, halfway around the country and know that this can reach anyone 
anytime they're listening, that is extremely powerful to me. So that, that is like the best feeling ever is like, what, what lights you up, figure that out. And, uh, I have tons of different ways to do that because I had to figure it out. It's not going to always just come naturally to you. I never thought I'd be teaching people how to make money writing. And, and I never thought that I would have a podcast that people listen to all around the world and things like that, you know? So it's like, but you just have to test it and you have to figure out, Oh, this feels really good. I really like this. Or, you know, this didn't do it for me. And maybe I thought it would, but that's a big thing that I, that I did before I like just left. I didn't just say, Oh, I'm going to figure it out. I knew in some sense that I loved helping others and I wanted to inspire others to, to live their best life and to really go after what they want because I felt like no one was telling me that. And I wanted to help others do that. That's awesome. And you kind of like answered the question that I had in my head, which was, and, but maybe you can elaborate on more as a, um, you know, where you're really feeling in alignment and, you know, you mentioned kind of testing. So could you take us through a little bit more about like how you got in alignment and how you were able to test these different things to, to kind of get where you are? Yeah. So about a year and a half before I quit, uh, I actually made a focused effort. So starting in 2016, I remember ending 2015, I was like, okay, I'm absolutely miserable, but I don't know anything. I don't know how to make money any other way. Like I just, I was, you know, getting all these perks and stuff. And again, the golden handcuffs were tight and I was maybe 25, 26 at the time. So I really didn't know what I was going to do, but I was like, okay, I'm making decent money here and I need to like, I need to like get out of my box. I need to stop doing the same three things and then whine about not being happy if I'm, if I'm doing the same stuff over and over again. So that year I went, I call it like my passion year. I just tried everything. I, I went to an acting class. I went to six weeks acting. I have no experience. I was so out of place. You talk about getting out of your comfort zone. I got looked at by all these thespians, like, who's this guy? Uh, you know, but I loved movies. I love film. I, I, I really have, as you can tell, like, I love this stuff. So I went to acting school. I bought a really nice camera and so told myself I'm going to learn how to do photography. I haven't been able to do that yet. So I guess I got to keep going. Um, I went to all kinds of different, like random classes. I, I got back into golf and that's really one of my childhood passions. And so one of the things I always say to people is like, oh, I don't know what I'm passionate about. It's like, yeah, you do. It's just, it's been dormant for a little while. So I think one place to start is always looking at your past and seeing what did I love to do and why did I stop doing it? You know, because a lot of times we, we grow up, but at the same time, we, we stop doing what we love. And then we just go through that corporate zombie motion, right? So I think one thing is to look in your past and then also just think about like, if I had a million dollars, if I had unlimited income, what would I do tomorrow? And then just think about it. Like, would it be to you know, start writing? Would it be to learn how to be a professional chef? Would it be a sport? Like whatever it is, and then just go try it, right? We can get started with anything so, so quickly, so cheaply with the internet, social media. I mean, you could have a website and an Instagram by the end of this podcast for a brand you want to start. So just like test things. I even tested uh, selling uh, e-commerce stuff on, uh, from China on Amazon. Like I tried all kinds of stuff. A lot of it didn't work, but I learned what I didn't like. I learned what I did like. And it became clear that I was, uh, I had some ability to nurture that passion for writing, which I never had before. Uh, I mean, I never went to school. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. Or I'm good. But it was like, I have a message. I want to help people. And so I started writing a book. That was also the year I started self-publishing uh, my first book. And so I just tried stuff. So, you know, we have all have time, but it's like, are you going to spend it all day watching Netflix? Like, and no hate. I love it. I watch every series on Netflix. No kidding. But like, I always get my stuff done as well. So I think that there's plenty of time out there, but it, it's just you having the initiative to go out and just test everything 
from your past. And then anything you see now, like, you know, you're an adult, it's time to time to try it because you want to do it sooner rather than later. I feel like. Yes, that's awesome. And I do feel like, yeah, you want to do it earlier, but no matter, there's no age on like, there's no age for sure. But it's like, if you wait 20 years, you might've, you know, you could have accomplished a lot in that time. Right. And so I see a lot of people like, you know, when they retire, that's when they like think, Oh, should I try something else? It's like, we live in such a time where things can explode and happen so fast. And there's just unbelievable opportunities in every niche and in every industry with the internet that it's, it's up to you though, to, to get out there and start testing it. Even though you're going to fail, you're going to suck. People aren't going to understand what you're doing. It's all part of the process, but it is a truly rewarding process that will lead to that alignment. Yeah. And that's awesome. And it's definitely to do better to do things now. I love, there's like a photo that I've seen. It's like a meme of like uh, two old people in Venice and they're like asleep on the boat. And it's like, don't wait till you're old to travel. Yep, exactly. Um, I think that's so important. Now, one thing I wanted to elaborate on, you mentioned like uh, the photography and you're like, oh, well, I still don't know that yet. I guess I got to do that more. Um, I think that there, I often hear there's like two schools of thought. And specifically, I've heard um, Gary Vaynerchuk and he always talks about like, go in all on your strength, go in all on all your strengths. And then uh, Brendan Bouchard, who kind of had a, a other aspect where he's like, no, like you should work on your weaknesses, you know, like try and get better, try and figure out these things. He's like, you know, I wasn't good at video. So I just started doing video um, because I knew that I needed that skill, you know, and I wanted to get better at it. So in regards to kind of like, you and figuring out what you wanted to do you know you didn't necessarily um and you can elaborate more like go in on your strengths you kind of were more on well let me just try some different things and see what i like so you know tell me a little bit more like how how do you feel about those kind of two dynamics yeah for me i think it just comes down to what is your end goal and what what do you want so I always start with the end in mind like stephen covey talks about right and he always says to start there because then you can work backwards now I agree with both schools of thought there, but I think at the end of the day, like, like for my business, I, I want to know a lot of the main things, but then I, you know, outsource the rest of it and I hire people to help me out. You can't be great at every single thing. You really only need one or two skills to make a lot of money in, in any industry. I mean, you really just need to be either be good at like sales or copywriting or speaking. Like you don't need to know everything. So for me though, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to never go back to work for anyone else. I wanted to somehow inspire people and I wanted to make money online. Those were my two goals, but I didn't know exactly how to do that. So that's why I tested things because I didn't know if it would have been a photography blog or it would have been a golf thing or if it would have been uh, personal finance, which is where I got started. And then I pivoted from there. So for me, it was really just figuring out like, what do I actually enjoy doing? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, again, I see both sides of it. It just depends on what your end goal is. That's great. Yeah. And I think that's, that's exactly it. And really understanding, you know, what, what your end goal is and, and being okay that you don't have it figured out and to try things. Cause, um, you know, it's interesting and I'm so glad that I got to have you on here because for me, I got really lucky. Um, you know, I kind of, I volunteered to speak one time when I was at my job and was like, I love this. This is amazing. You know, I want to teach people and I want to speak on stages. Like, this is what I want to do. It was like so clear. It was, you know, like getting knocked in the head and you're like, yes, this is amazing. This I want to do. Whereas you've kind of, you had the opposite 
where you are like, I'm not doing the right thing, but I'm going to figure out what, uh, what I need to do. And I think that a lot of people that were in your similar shoes, they just continue thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then they just continue to do the same thing without trying new things without, you know, getting over that hump. Would you have any advice on like how you can kind of get over that hump of like getting out of that, um, you know, kind of where you were stuck in like something that you didn't like? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing I would say there is just understanding that whenever you start anything new, you're going to suck and that's okay. Um, you know, a lot of people that are really successful actors or writers or all kinds of people still don't think they're that good, even though they have an Oscar, right? So I think that understanding that you are always going to be learning and when you start anything new, you're always going to suck at first. So just think about any time you learned anything new. Like when you started your job, you probably didn't know how to do X, Y, Z. But over time, it became less scary. You figured it out. You fail your way to success. And that's the same thing with me. I mean, I was awful. Literally, I, got, I think I got laughed at that acting class. But you know what? My accents were good, so I don't care. And the same with writing. Like People are like, oh, well, it's so easy because you're a good writer. No. I actually was not a good writer. I had a message, though. I wanted to help people. I still don't, you know, like think, oh, I'm going to use a noun here or a pro or like, I don't know. I don't know any of that technical jargon. I know I'm just out there to help people and write a message. And that's how it started. Same with golf. You know, I'm in a wildly competitive sport. And when I started three years ago to really get back into it, because uh, I played in college and then gave it up for six, seven years, is like, I thought I was all right. And then I went out there and just got absolutely smoked. I mean, I got beat so bad. And it was like, oh, well, you have two things. You can either figure out how to get better, or if you want to do this, or you can just give up now. And it was quickly where I realized that, man, you know, I suck compared to a lot of these guys because they've been doing it a long time. But I just learned that like, all right, if you're going to get, if you want to really do it, then you have to go all in and you just have to not be afraid to put yourself out there, whether that's creating a YouTube video and you think you're, you know, don't have the right angle or the right camera or, you know, recording that first podcast, writing that first blog post, like getting yourself out there and just understanding that everyone started at zero. Everyone sucked at whatever they're doing now like other than maybe like Tiger Woods who just like came out of the womb, like with the best swing ever, people have to go through that. And we always just see the after product. So it's just so easy to be like, well, they're great at speaking. Like, oh, Nick, he's just a great speaker. Well, you know, you probably have gotten a lot better, right? You probably had some moments where you're like, God, this, I wasn't good. I stumbled over my words, all that stuff. So I think just understanding that failure is part of the process. And when you're getting that, like, just like awkward feeling and you get like sweaty or nervous or anxious. That means you're going towards the right thing. And so people run away from fear when outside of your comfort zone, that is really where all the great stuff is, but you have to get out of it first. I love that. That is so great. That's exactly it. You know, um, you know, with everything that you're saying with, um, you know, just trying and being okay with being bad at it. I've talked about that with, with video, you know, cause I'm always trying to push people to get, start doing video it's okay to be bad. You know, when you rode your bike, you didn't just like hop up on a two wheeler and ride around the cul-de-sac. No, you like had training wheels and then you like did the two wheels and you're falling and you're falling. And kids are so much more like ambitious to that of like, you know, when you think about it, when a kid first starts to walk, you know, imagine if you were a kid and you start to stand and try and walk and you fall and you just sort of like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm, I guess walking's not for me. 
You know, like there's, yeah. there's all these things when it well, comes I think to the failure. Reason that, the reason that is, is because people are worried about what other people are going to think about them. You know, that's the biggest thing that holds so many people back. It held me back. You know, I'm not going to say I, I was over it or anything. And I was, you know, that never worried me, but I mean, I, I didn't start a podcast until a year after I thought I would, cause I didn't think I was good enough. Same with the YouTube channel, same with offering coaching, like all these things. I was just like, Oh, you know, what are people going to think about me? But at the end of the day, people are going to have like a split second opinion of you, but they really care about themselves more than anything. And that's not in a selfish way. We're obviously animals. We're looking after our own survival, but you just have to get over the fact that people are going to judge you, whether it's good or bad. People are always going to judge, but they're going to judge you just as much for not going after your dreams. than they are for looking stupid because one thing I found is I failed a lot along the way. But I can't tell you how cool it is to see people come up to me that I know or I've known for a long time or message me on social media and be like, man, I'm really, I'm excited. Like, I love following your journey. I love seeing what you're doing because you never know who you're inspiring with your actions, even if it feels like no one's reading my stuff, no one's watching my stuff. Like, there's people that are going to be watching as you continue to go. So the, the beginning part's never that rewarding, right? You don't have the money. You don't have the, um, like you know, income, you don't have the um, influence, excuse me. So you're always like kind of feeling like you're in it on your own. But if you just keep going, that compound effect really takes over. So you just can't worry about what people are, are going to say. And it's easier said than done. I think we're all, you know, kind of working through that. But if you can get over that, the faster you can, I think the faster you'll find success with it all. Exactly. Just taking, taking that first step. And I had a similar example of that, of, of stories where um, somebody actually re reached out to me last night um, and was like, Hey, you know, I see what you're doing on Instagram with your stories. Um, you know, and I wanted to talk to you about some habits and I was like, absolutely. I would love to talk to you. And I talked to him this morning. Um, and it, and it did, it kind of just reiterated for me that like people are watching and it's a similar conversation that happens as content creators is that often we don't get that response all the time where there's so many people that are watching and seeing and you don't actually notice until you have like an in-person conversation with them or mm -hmm. find them where somebody's like, Oh, like, you know, I, I watch all your videos and you're like, well, you know, you never threw a like up. So I had no idea, you know, I would have said, thank you for watching. You know, it's an interesting aspect that kind of comes so with. true. Like mm -hmm. I felt that with my podcast for a while too. Cause there's not like a way for people to really like comment on a podcast, like with a blog or medium or even YouTube, there's like comments, but like with podcasts, you just kind of have like a janky dashboard, like on your like a hosting platform or whatever. And I remember I was talking to somebody actually at the event we met at and um, you know, I was talking about, man, I just don't feel like I'm getting the, um, the reach that I want. Like, people aren't just like telling me how good it is. She's like, that's not how it works. Like you have to like reframe how you think about success because people aren't just going to like come out of the woodworks, but great job. I love your stuff. You're doing great. Like as much as you want to hear that, that's why you need to be your own biggest cheerleader sometimes. Because like you said, a lot of times people are watching and maybe they just don't like it or they don't understand how the content creation stuff works or whatever the case is. But you have to understand that uh, people are always watching what you're doing. And I think I love what you said about, um, you know, when you're getting that, that support. And I think that, and you do need to be your biggest cheerleader. However, when you start to work with other people that are doing similar things, you start to get more of that support because when you are speaking to non-content creators, they're less likely to be like, oh my gosh, this is great. Keep up the good work. But when you start engaging with other people that are creating content, you know that you like to hear it. 
And so you're more likely to let somebody else know. So, mm -hmm. you know, let people know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's, it's literally like that with the, this is why you, this is why you pay for friends and uh, why you pay to be around like-minded people with these events and, and online courses and coaching and things. I've spent, uh, I don't know, probably $40,000 since I left just on high level coaching courses, masterminds, stuff like that. And even though I didn't always have the money for each program at the time, I was like, I'll figure it out. But when you're around those people, when I was around you and, and all those people we met, I was on fire and it lasts, you know, and if you stay in contact, like we're doing it lasts and you have that community and you're totally right. But cause most people aren't going to know what you're doing. If you try and like, like when I told people I was quitting my job, people were like, wait, what? Like you're making like $120,000 in your twenties. Like you need to be grateful here. Like, what are you doing? You know, and you, you just get this like hate and pushback and people don't understand what you're doing. It's not until you hang out with people that get it. And that's easier said than done. Cause I struggled for years, really finding that group that I was looking for because you're so right. Because when I talk to you and I talk to all those great people that we met and continue to meet, it's just like instant confirmation that you're doing the right thing when, when they give you those, wow, I love this, or I love the way you're talking about this. And like you said, other people that just aren't involved in entrepreneurship aren't going to know you need that, right? Because it's not like a nine to five. And there's so many things about being an entrepreneur that we're just not taught because we're, again, indoctrinated to work for other people where you we climb the ladder. That's, this is what we do, right? So I think that's a really, really big thing that I always want to point out is that you need to join and find the like-minded people because otherwise you're going to be alone and it's going to be easy to quit. You're going to get down on yourself. And I say all that because I've been right there myself. Yeah. And I think it's tough sometimes. So to go back to what um, it kind of elaborates exactly what you were saying with the friend that reached out to me this morning was like, he was nervous about like reaching out for help. Mm -hmm. And you know, that should, should not be the case. Like if you are having the same feeling where you're feeling like you're lost, like reach out to somebody and talk to them like it's okay you know like i don't have it all figured out you don't have it all figured out like we're still figuring this out together it's an, an everyday journey of just like getting familiar with it but the more that you surround yourself with like-minded people it's amazing because i remember hearing that and, and maybe you've heard this too of i'm sure you have but the like um you know you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with and I'd like to share a little bit about my example with that, but I'd kind of like to hear more about that. Maybe like when you first heard that or like what your initial thoughts were when you did hear that and how long it took you to kind of start doing those steps. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. I mean, as a motivational writer, inspirational writer, I mean, I've had I don't know, probably a thousand blog posts on, you know, success and motivation, things like that. And so I've probably written that quote a lot, <laughs> but it really is true. And like, it's, it's something that I see a lot of people struggle with. I struggle with it because you get attached to certain people and the way they make you feel, or maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but you just get attached where there's coworkers, family, friends. Oh, I've been friends with this person for a long time. I can't let him go. And you know, I struggled with that for a long time. And I'll say that I've, you know, I, I kind of find myself doing this even before I quit. Every six to seven years, I seem to do like a like a, a network or a friend cleanse, if you will. Like I kind of got rid of the people that weren't helping me out. And I did it after high school. I did it after college. I did it after I quit. And I continue to just, I'm really selective because I now know the power of 
who you hang out with and really how much it impacts your happiness, your income, your relationships. It has a direct impact on like everything, right? So it is very, very important. It is easier said than done though, right? And I'm not telling people like stop talking to your mom or stop hanging out with your best friend tomorrow. Like find, you have to find ways, you have to test it out, but it all starts by being self-aware to understand who makes you feel good, who makes you feel bad. And then figuring out how you can, you know, get rid of those individuals or phase them out or just have a conversation and be like, look, I really like the you know, relationship. I, I, I've, you've been my friend for a long time, but you, you know, don't support my dreams or you make fun of me behind my back or whatever it is. And you just have to have that conversation. If they're not in, all in on you and your dreams, you don't need them. There's people out there. They're just getting in the way. They're, they're literally taking up space in your life for the people that you could meet. Like when I got to meet you, it's probably because I like stopped hanging out with someone a couple years ago that wasn't helping me out, you know? And so it's, it's easier said than done, but it all starts by understanding your energy and who makes you feel what, because you, you can walk into a room and you just instantly feel it either good or bad. Right. And we've all been there. So if you can like spot that and monitor who it is, stop spending time with those. So that way you can make time for the people that are really going to help you out. Yeah. And I think there's a level of, um, and maybe there's people in your life that aren't necessarily negative, but also aren't getting you to where you're going. And I think there's a level of not needing to leave your friends. Like obviously there's the negative people that you want to get rid of, but sometimes there's people that just like aren't helping you, but aren't hurting you where you can still have those friends and make new friends. There's no like limit to how many friends you can have. And I think that was part of me. Cause when I first heard that quote, I was like, no, like I love my friends. Like they're great. They're good people. You know, I love hanging out with them, you know, even though they weren't as driven as me, but when I started doing the things that I was doing and started connecting with other people that were doing it, I just slowly started spending a little bit less time with them and mm -hmm. they don't like hate me for it. They, uh, I have, I'm fortunate to have great friends that maybe don't get me the same way, but they still support me and, you know, are, are there for me if I need them. And I still talk to them and, and keep that relationship going while I'm going out and finding new people and, and, you know, connecting with as many people as possible and it's so cool because the more people you find the better that it becomes and I think that one thing that I love Tim Ferriss said because this was really big for me is that it doesn't actually have to be a person that you meet mm. it can be uh, someone that's on a podcast it can be somebody like Tim Ferriss or Gary Vanderchuk or Brendan Burchard or Tony Robbins. It, they can be the people that you're spending time with. It doesn't have to be in person. It doesn't have to be, you know, like where you're having a conversation with them. It's just like reading their books or listening to their podcasts and hearing them or following them on social media. You know, like what you follow is so critical to, you know, your success. That's uh, such a great point. And I, I could not second that more because when you first start entrepreneurship, if that's a, a route you want to take is that no one that in your, in your current life will probably understand what you're doing because most people again, just aren't like that. And so I did that for a while. And I think I brainwashed myself for success by listening to so much Les Brown and Tony Robbins and, and all these things on YouTube. I mean, I would go to the golf course and I would be practicing just listening to that stuff on repeat. I would listen to podcasts. I have so many books over there with those guys. And you know, they are like, I, I've ran into some people, like I ran into Dean Graziosi here in Scottsdale uh, a couple of months ago. And I feel like I'd known him because I've read all his books. I knew him. I was, Hey Dean, you know, just like 
kind of started like talking to him and I just realized though that that is powerful and I think it's actually really people need to hear that because most people are trying to go out and find a friend right like hey do you want to like know this stuff and it's easier said than done right like you don't just like hold up cards like hey I'm looking to be friends with like <laughs> like-minded entrepreneurs at the coffee shop I guess you could but um yeah I think that's really really important because all the stuff that you put into your mind it's your mind's always listening whether it's good or bad it's going to process it all so if you're constantly listening to Tony Robbins and he makes you feel good and you read his books or Gary Vee or whoever it is like having that just on a repetitive basis because that is always the biggest thing I like to point out is that you can't just read a book once and expect it to change your life like repetition 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 is how you retrain the part of your mind that will make lasting success for you I couldn't agree more I have a, a quote on see if I can find it yeah repetition 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 students verse uh or students use repetition but you know you reread and rewatch. like that's where you actually get something. That's something that I was um, thinking about doing was stopping my Audible subscription and going back through a mm -hmm. bunch of the books that I've already um, you know, done. I think that that's so powerful um, with everything that you, that you do, just like having that repetition is so important. Because you and, go into each, each interaction with a different mindset. Like you, if you read a book six months ago, you're probably a different person if you're out there trying to grow and get better. So you're going to read it in a different context. I mean, think how many pages in a book that you never even remembered, even if you highlighted it, circled it, it just never even hit your memory yet. So yeah, totally going back. I stopped buying books because I had, I bought like a hundred when I left my job. Seriously. I was like, if I read books, I'll figure it out. But then I got to the point where I was just feeling overwhelmed and all this stuff. So I'm the same way, man. I literally just reread the same like 30 books or just like open a page and be like, oh yeah, I never thought about it like that. Right. So totally agree with that. That's awesome. Um, one last quick question. Um, if you could recommend one book, what would it be? one book for anyone trying to achieve anything specific or what's kind of the, uh, the context. Um, so, you know, let's go off of a book that like had such a profound impact to you to make a change or something that you were able to implement. Like I like books that really like get you to change and implement something immediately. Do you have anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot. I would, <laughs> I'm going to choose two. Because okay. That's fair. Because I just, you can't just choose one. I'm a writer, man. Um, <laughs> and I won't even recommend my own books. Uh, so for me, there's a couple. And I, and I think that, yeah, like we just briefly grazed on a little bit is so many people read books and then it's like, don't take action. Like, for example, Think and Grow Rich is often regarded as like, oh, I recommend that book to everyone. I'm not really in that camp anymore. I like the book a lot. I think there's a lot of good things. But if everyone just thought and grew rich, then everyone who read the book would be rich and they, you know, there'd be 10 million new, you know, millionaires from the book. So that doesn't always really work. Right. So I think it's really important. So for me, the two books would be the success principles because there's so much tangible action steps that I used in my life. I mentioned it earlier and like, mm -hmm. I still go back. I got to meet Jack Canfield. I ended up going to his event. I mean, that guy is like all time to me and there's so much great stuff in there that I had never heard of. Like that should be a recommended, or not even recommended, a required read in high school. If people learn how to set goals and learn how to use their energy and create routines and like it, it isn't just one form of your life. So that'd be the first one. And I'm glad I have my bookshelf over here so I can look at the second one. The second one would be Psycho-Cybernetics. And it's, it's an interesting title. You probably, people don't really even think like what it is, but it's a, it's a personal development book written in the sixties that um, all the motivational speakers that you know, like, and follow are basing all their stuff on it. 
And it's written by a guy named uh, like Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, all these guys based all like a lot of their stuff on this because it's basically a uh, plastic surgeon who would do these big surgeries on people and then they, they wouldn't see any change when he would literally alter their body. And it was at that point that he realized that it wasn't the physical change, but it was that their inside was still the same, their self-image. And so people just don't understand that enough. And, and again, we're not taught this stuff. So if you can read that and really understand that your self-image and your subconscious mind runs your entire life, like every part of it, you can learn how to really make lasting change. So that way you're not just doing a resolution and then three weeks later, you're back to your old self. Because if you change your inside, it will reflect on the outside. So those would be my two choices. Awesome. Love it. That's great. I'll definitely check both of them out because those are, those are new for me. I'm a little so. disappointed. You haven't read either yet? Come on, Nick. Hey, I mean, I got a pretty good, I got a pretty good uh, library. Uh, I do all right, I think. But, um, you know, I, I think I can hang out. Yeah, I think I could do better with the reading part. I do a lot of the audible, but I want to I want to get more into the routine of like the physical books doing more of more of that and I hope to write my yeah, own. I'm old fashioned there. I got my highlighter and you know, I I read them still like that. And I think that's the power like you need to have that um where you're taking time to reflect on what you're reading and you're not just reading to read. And mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot with the audible. Um I try and take notes if I can which can be a little dangerous, especially if you're driving. So it's usually like, yeah, maybe, don't, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. The world. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, disclaimer, do not do that. But when you stop, um, when you get to wherever you're going, take some time to write in a notepad of like what you got from that. If you are doing the, the audible um, version. Use this but, part of that morning routine, right? Exactly. So, Mike, uh, lastly, uh, real quick, where can people follow you? Where can they find you? Yeah, so uh, probably the best place to be Instagram uh, would be at uh, I am Michael Leonard. And then uh, from there, if you want to just read more about like what it really takes to become a freelance writer, kind of get started, I have a ton of resources on my website, which again is Inspire Your Success. And a link up to my podcast, YouTube channel. I have a lot of tutorials, walkthroughs, things like that. So that way I can show you how to actually make money as a writer, even if you don't have any experience and have no idea where to begin. Uh, because I was right there myself. And, and so I really just want to help people that you know have a, an itch to get out there and share their, share their message and get paid to write. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool feeling. So uh, inspireyoursuccess.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. This was so fantastic. I couldn't expect anything less. Um, And I'm sure you'll be on again at some point. I expect this. And I look forward to to you and I talking more and networking more and uh, the next BBD when we uh, connect again. Um, So thank you so much. Take care. Yeah, again, they got literally an hour flew by, man. I really appreciate (laughs) you letting me on and I love what you're doing. Keep it up, man. Thank you. Take care, everyone. And remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram. And please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care.
and I'll talk to you soon.